0: Hey, Todd, before we get started, could you go ask the barista to stop using the coffee grinder for a little while? Um, no, I I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, seriously, it's really loud when they use that. I think you should go and ask them if they would just not do it for a while. It's
1: not that loud. The recording will be fine. Why
0: are you avoiding that? I'm not. I'm pretty sure you are. Whatever. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler. Where we discuss
1: how to survive a bad boss and not be one. All right. So, the Titanic going down is one of the most memorable disasters in history. and uh, Great way to start on this one. <laughs> Let's start with a real Let's pick. start with a disaster. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't there on the Titanic. You weren't? I haven't read a lot about it. Did I'm you a see the movie? Great expert on did it? See I the did movie. see the movie. Okay. And it seems to me like everybody was so on board with this bad boy could not be sunk that when it hit an iceberg, there was quite a delay in actually admitting there was a problem that needed to be addressed. Yeah, there was yeah. too much delay in that to actually move to that. Well, it was a good buffet, so I really want to finish. Right, exactly. And so I think it's a great analogy to think about on dealing with a conflict that there are so many times in the workplace that if we addressed things earlier, mm. they would have a much better result. And the longer we wait— the worse it gets. And that applies to the Titanic, both in the fact of if they had reacted sooner, they might have gotten help there sooner, or they might have been able to save more lives. But also, it applies to the fact that, just think about if they had extended it out even more and refused to actually start doing the life rafts, how many more people would have died.
0: Yeah, it's 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 sort of like, okay, it's starting to tip up onto its up onto its end and I'm still polishing the brass. Right, 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 exactly. Oh,
1: I missed a spot. Yeah, so this week's is the boss who is conflict avoidance, um, which, you know, is the boss who won't address the issues that need to be addressed and manage them appropriately. Right, so our sin of omission, of course, is
0: the sin of omitting intervention and resolution of problems and conflicts at work.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, thinking through your own experience and thinking through when that's happened, certainly we have bosses that are just conflict avoidant. They don't yeah. want to deal with that. Um, are, are there other causes that drive that lack of decision or that early intervention? Yeah, You know, it's, it's interesting when
0: you, when you look at conflict avoidance. Um, I, I have seen, the, I've seen conflict being avoided in pretty much every kind of boss, yeah. which is interesting. So there's very few things that are universal to people, to sure. bosses. You can have a boss who is very, very kind of dominant, hard charging, who's still petrified of conflict, Damn. avoids it like the plague. You can have a boss who's very, very you know, people oriented and very warm and accepting and you know, caring and compassionate, who also hates sure. to, to to intervene and, and deal with conflict. And so it's it's a, it's a universal problem. Sure, we almost all of us, other than you, hate <laughs> getting involved in conflict. And I have personal experience on this because I think for most of my adult life and probably even before that I have been a conflict avoider. Yeah. I have I have just not wanted to confront.
1: Yeah. So I think we're going to have a good time talking about this. You, you know, as you were talking through that it made me really think that there you know you think about managing conflict it is both that intervention and the resolution and I think the tough part on it is making that call of when to intervene and so you and I could literally see the same situation taking place and one of us feel like an intervention needs to be take place and the other feel like there's no need for an intervention makes me think of Larry David uh, and Curb Mm. Your Enthusiasm and uh, you know he's he's a guy that extreme intervention on everything like he just wants Uh, to confront everybody about everything that's going on and so Part of that conflict avoidance could be self-perpetuated from the follower in this situation of feeling like the boss should intervene on that. Right, right. But is that reasonable to expect the boss to <laughs> intervene in some of those situations?
0: Well, you know, it's it, conflict is prevalent in in almost every workplace. You know, there are surveys that show that um, somewhere around eighty-six percent, eighty-five percent of employees say that they deal with conflict. Yeah. And and um, and a pretty large percentage say they deal with it. Almost every day or constantly, sure. so so we know it's a problem, um, but it, the reason I think that it becomes a problem is because it doesn't get addressed, yeah, and I think it doesn't get addressed because you know people people want to avoid it, so getting to back to your question, you know when when is intervention necessary? probably almost always yeah um, and the sooner the better yeah and and so a lot of bosses will say things like, you know what? I shouldn't have to babysit these people. Right. They they should just learn how to get along. Right. You know, and so they take on that air of, I'm not going to intervene. Right.
1: Because these people should just know better. Yeah.
0: But it's just a cop-out for the most part.
1: Well, I do think it's interesting to think about what's the criteria for when the boss should intervene versus Mm -hmm. when uh, the person on the team should intervene. Um, And and I do think there's that element of, part of that, it, it... plays a little bit of that parenting role. I always dislike taking bosses and relating it to the similar parent. But, you know, there's certainly times as a parent that I want to try to get my kids to be able to develop the skill of intervention. Okay. Okay. Um, And so part of that is coaching them through the intervention as opposed to stepping in and solving the problem for them directly. And I think as a boss that sometimes that's important to do, too, because if you're intervening and solving all of their problems, then they're never going to do the little stuff.
0: No, I I agree. I agree. I I sort of look at it as a a two-step process process and you know if you're the if you're a leader and this you know so kind of talking to leaders for a second but if you're if you find yourself as a leader you know it is your job to teach your team to to self-resolve issues you know things pop up we step on each other's toes we want to teach our teams to do that but until that is there until the maturity level on the team is is you know will allow for that then we as, as a manager a leader needs to step in and intervene and and not pretend it's not there not pretend it's not happening, no. not let it fester until it gets to the point where there's turnover. Right. Oh, by the way, you know, the, you know what happens when, when you leave conflict um, un, unaddressed? It eventually results in turnover. And, sure. And do you know which person of the two leaves usually? The uh, the good one. <laughs> sure. The good one, the one with options yeah. who says, you know what, I don't need this. <laughs> and they leave. And, and you know... And so, you know, if you're a listener and you and you're in that situation, you know, it, I, it's it's tempting to just be like, if the boss ain't gonna deal with this, I'm I'm
1: out. Yeah, you know. Unfortunately, I've never been in an organization or around one that was free of yeah. conflict. Oh, sure. But well, well, I mean, part of So it's a fine line between friction and conflict, right? And so in in order to get stuff done, friction needs to exist. And so, I I mean, um, it it would be weird that you get any two people together to work together on a project, that they would both have exactly the same ideas and operate in sync with each other. And if they
0: did, it really probably wouldn't result in a real good decision.
1: Right, exactly. And so I think that rounding out of having that friction is is a good thing. How do you make sure that that's productive? And so thinking through that, I think... Conflicts that arise out of personalities or styles and handoffs from you Mm. need to do something before Mm -hmm. I get it or and I need it in a certain particular role, I think those are peer-to-peer conflicts that need intervention. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get into expectations, gaps in performance, Mm -hmm. um, even um, uh, quality of performance, that's where I think it needs to be more of a boss intervention. That's a really good point. I think we've been
0: talking a lot about the fact that, you know, when you have interpersonal conflict, it needs to be addressed. But the conflict-avoiding boss also has a tendency to let people get away with stuff. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to step in and deal with bad behavior or bad performance. And then it affects, it affects the team, yeah. right? So it's a little bit different, you yeah. know? It's a little bit different. They're, they're avoiding putting themselves into a conflict, an uncomfortable situation, yeah. as opposed to stepping in between two people in conflict.
1: Sure. Well, and I think it's important for the boss to be able to be aware of what's going on. And if appropriate, coach. Yeah. The, the boss doesn't have to intervene in every situation. But I, I get, actually, I, I'm going to take that back. A type of intervention is to coach somebody on how to intervene. Right. And right. so I guess there's always an intervention that needs to take place. But sometimes it's indirect intervention as opposed to direct intervention. Right, so I think you asked the question: When
0: does the boss have to be involved, and yep. when should you just take it into your own hands yep. to yep. to resolve? And so, what, do you have any thoughts on on, on that? Because I kind of I kind of think you don't wait all, you don't wait for your boss to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you you can you can intervene without yeah. the boss's yeah. permission.
1: Yeah, and I think I think sometimes it, it's helpful to have the conversation with the boss to say, hey this is a delicate situation because it involves performance or involves something else, but I'm planning to address this and I'd like some coaching is about the best way to go about doing that, um, can be a productive way to prod the boss for more intervention or to get them engaged. So is
0: that, is is your example with, if you know, when, when I'm in conflict with someone going to the boss and letting him know that you're going to go and confront somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a career. here's one for you. What yeah. if what if it's two other people on your team? You're not involved in the conflict, but it's it's affecting you. Yeah. And you, you know, can you? Do you think you should intervene in that if your boss is refusing to uh,
1: to do something about it? If it's affecting you, yes. Well, how 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 do you do that? So you're just,
0: you're just a peer. I mean, it's not your none of your business, right?
1: Well, I don't think you, it all depends on what that situation is. So let's hear, here's some of the options on it though. So if it's two other people that are in conflict that needs to be addressed, then I think it can be helpful to pull one of them apart and say, you know, Hey, I noticed this. Um, and this is the situation. Mm, Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? What can you do to resolve that? What can I do to support that? The other would be to pull the two of them together and say, Hey, this is taking place and mm-hmm. you guys may think it's just between the two of you but it's impacting me and here's how and here's yeah. what I need to do with it. And then I guess the other option is to go to the boss and with those two options and say, yeah. can you coach me on what's the best yeah. way to go about doing this?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a it's first of all it's a very scary thing to do. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're not really well equipped to do it. Yep. Um and so I mean I would just recommend also that people, you know, go and study the issue. I mean there there's you can just Google and it you can Google conflict mediation and learn all kinds of tips. If you do find yourself having to step in and help resolve conflict, don't, don't go into it unprepared. There's there's some really great little tips to, to make sure you keep things, keep things cool and organized when you do that. I think one of the
1: biggest tips that's helped me over the years is the, when (laughs) you do this or when this takes place, this is how it impacts me. Um, And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just recently had a situation where, um, I had to follow up with somebody else based on bad data that I had, and uh, the person that gave me the bad data, I circled back around to him and was like, hey, I, I, I followed up on the data you gave me, and I called somebody out on it, and... I have egg on my face now because the data was bad. And so it wasn't just your reputation. It was my reputation that also Mm -hmm. fell apart on that. And so next time um, we, you know, need to make sure we've got the right balance on that. And I think that understanding here's how it's impacting me is a great way to go. Now, sometimes you're still going to get a, well, I don't care. That doesn't affect me. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully not.
0: Right. But if you, if you approach it with, here's how it affected my work. Right. As opposed to you, you screwed up. Right. You know, any of those things. There are so many directions we could take. We could take this. Um, can I tell you? Can I give you a real story uh, yeah. from my past? I I'm would not, love a real story. Not very story. proud of this, to be honest with you, because I, I was a little bit younger. Um, but I was in a situation where I had a, maybe it wasn't a huge staff, maybe six or seven people, and um, but all worked very closely together. Yeah, all in the same little pod of you know cubes. And I know for a fact that that two of them just. We're not getting along. Yeah. And this is hard because they, it was like a daily, they had to work together. Yeah. And they sat like back to back, you know, in this. And I think I, I think I, I think I just ignored it for months. Yeah. And it got so bad to the point where they weren't even talking to each other. Yeah. And this is awkward when you're in the same room. Sure. You know, I don't know if anyone else has been through that. I've, I've seen it a couple of times. Absolutely refused to talk to each other. Furious with each other. And uh, it affected the whole team. The culture was crappy the you know everybody was upset it was there was tension um, and I had an, an office that was separated from yep. them yep. so I didn't have to really deal with it, you know, but anytime I walked in there, I got the looks especially yep. from the third or you know third party, who yep. just kind of they'd make eye contact with me and do that like high eyebrow yep. thing like yep. this is really bad in here, yeah. Just,
1: and are so you it, catching all this? So this was my are you seeing this?
0: Yeah, so this was my this was my brave way of dealing with it. <laughs> Being a conflict avoider and you know, basically getting getting triggered myself. You know, I sure. would I would get like fight or flight syndrome, yeah. Just thinking about having to you know, I wasn't even involved in the conflict. Right. This was this was what I did. I don't recommend it. I, I, I t- pulled the two people aside and I said, You two go in that conference room and don't come out until you until you sort this problem out. <laughs> and I didn't go in. I was I was chicken. I didn't go in. Yeah, I just hoped that yeah. that they would like iron it out. Yeah, and um, I, I hesitate to say this, but it actually worked. Yeah, there there was I, there were loud voices. Yeah, with the door closed for quite some time. Yeah, and, and then it it turned into tears and then hugs and yeah. then they, they, they patched it up. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I didn't ask. <laughs> Because I was av- I was avoiding conflict. Anyway, that's not what I would recommend. I I, do <laughs> I was going
1: to say <clears throat> this is a horrible real life story. I know because it's exactly the wrong thing, and it worked out like you're telling people to do well, the wrong but, thing. But, but
0: again, you know, if one of those two um, two employees had said enough's enough let's just go and hash this out and they put themselves in a conference room yeah, or yeah. off-site someplace yeah, yeah, yeah it still would have resulted in the same I just pushed them I just yeah. like this is you guys got
1: to do something this right. is not this is not working hindsight being I mean it worked out okay yeah Um is there a role for the boss in a situation like that to get involved as the mediator to yeah, be able should've. to say, hey, let's the three of us go in. The I should have done that. I was
0: I was gutless. I should have done that. Yeah, I should have done that. Now I actually teach people how to do that, which is kind of which is kind of scary because I, I still don't like to do it. But yeah. I, I know this. I know the
1: steps to make it at least, you know, at least. The least painful is what I'm trying to say. Most conflict comes from the standpoint of neither side listening to the other, and that's, so that's right. I, I, I think being sometimes there, it helps to have that translator to be able to make sure that they do. You have to, you have to, you have to have someone. If you're not capable of doing it because you're so
0: you're so heated, right? Number one, you can't resolve conflict when you're right. both triggered and you're
1: in fight mode. Yep. Okay, it just doesn't work. So yep. You have to you have to call a break yep. and, and just try to do it some other time. Um, so uh, I, we're, we're, we're kind of getting tight here on time, and I, I want to get to the point of how do you push or persuade your boss to deal with a conflict that needs to mm. be addressed? You threaten so, to quit. So, so you just <laughs> threaten to quit. You walk in and go, it's him or me. Hey, if what? you don't address <laughs> this, I'm out of here. It works. Just make sure you're really good when yeah. you do that. Yeah, because otherwise you might get the, uh, okay. There's the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm, okay. I'll accept oh, your sorry, resignation. Back to your questions. Yeah. You Were you going to actually ask it or no, answer it? No, or? what was your question? I, I didn't let you finish it. How do you yeah. persuade the boss to address a conflict that needs to be addressed? Threaten to quit. Wait, did I say that? Yes. You know, um, how do you... <laughs> oh. How, how do you deal how do you, how do you with somebody who keeps doing the same joke over and over and over? I don't again? know. I don't know. I've never had that happen. You quit. You threaten to quit. Um,
0: how do you persuade the boss? I, th- I think you. I think you go in armed with facts. I, th- I think you have to appeal to the to the the boss's sense of judgment that it that this is a this is a wildfire that's burning out of control and it is not going to result in good good things. We are going down a bad path and, and we're going to have to deal with this. Sooner yeah. or later, yeah. try to wake them up to the fact that this is a this is a gangrene that 's spreading and it 's not going to just get better on its own I do think
1: oh dang there 's hell 's bells, but I um, do think the the fact that explaining the the impact it's having on you explaining the impact it's having on the team right. i think for the boss sometimes too it's important to say here's the impact it's having on the reputation Ooh, of the team like and that. your leadership so i think if you can give them a what's yeah. in it for them about this is the reputation that's starting to be developed or impacted by you yeah and i love yeah. that gangrene example of being able to say and it it, it should have been addressed back here right Right. It's really bad now. Yep. If it's not addressed soon, it's going to get worse. To get so worse. I think adding that intensity around the fact of things could get worse, it's impacting the reputation of your leadership, the entire team, and all of us, and we're not getting as much work done yeah. as we can, yeah. can be a helpful way to try to raise the heat to be able to make sure it gets addressed. I like, that.
0: I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You know, it's it's hard to convince someone to do something when they just... Are afraid to do it, yeah, and that's a, that's what's happening in many cases. Bosses are just afraid to do it. They don't want to admit they're afraid, so they'll make excuses like, oh, they'll they'll these these are you know these kids these guys are adults. They need to figure it out themselves." Well, well but, Jeff,
1: you might be surprised to know this, but what? those two people that you locked in the conference room, yeah. I have them here today, oh and you gosh. have a chance to go back and oh make things right. So hey, here are Glenda? Buddy and Susie. Oh, oh my Glenda, goodness. that is not
0: right. <laughs> that is not right. All right. So just remember folks that even if you have a boss who avoids conflict at all costs it really
1: could be worse you could work for jeff and he could lock you in a conference room or you could have to sit across the table from time